Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Today is the day. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to introduce to you Robert Kiyosaki. But first, I want to talk about the game cash flow. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Rich Dad Poor Dad guys made it, right? Robert made it. And it is an amazing game that teaches you about how to understand assets, liabilities, how to invest. And the goal of it is to get out of the main board, which is called the rat race. It's amazing. I mean, you go around spaces where you're trying to dodge buying random doodads and things you don't need, you know, and get onto spaces that allows you to get opportunities to invest, like buying property, starting a business, investing in stocks, whatever. It's amazing. And it's a great tool to use to even teach your kids or your spouse, right? Trying to get uh, him or her on board with you in this investing space. I myself have played it with Cheyenne, my wife, you know, multiple times, and we actually ended up playing it with a bunch of our friends, and it's become this amazing conversation tool and this fun little meetup spot, and on top of that, they've started clubs called Cashflow Clubs, and they're all over the place. I promise you, if you look up meetup.com and you go in your, and look in your specific area, you'll probably find one, and again, it's an amazing networking event that you can go and play this game and have a ton of fun, all right? So I, I really, 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 really encourage you to go check it out if you haven't or if you want to go buy it. Take a look at the show notes page. I've got a link there for it. You won't regret it, all right? Now, Adam and I cannot wait to introduce to you Robert Kiyosaki. Let's kick it. <laughs> Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. You are not going to believe who we have here today, but I'm super excited for it. The Robert Kiyosaki, prior Marine, awesome and amazing mentor to millions of people around the world. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm honored to be talking to you guys. I would say Semper Five, but you guys are at Marine, so I <laughs> Well, Mark, Mark Yon will be happy to hear that. Our CEO will be happy to hear that, yeah. So. Yes, he will. Yeah, he's actually a Marine pilot um, as well, Hilo pilot. Um, and we, we understand that you were a Hilo pilot as well. Um, but just for a perfect segue, so do you mind giving getting into a little bit about your background and, and your military career? Correct. Um, I was, I'm born in Hawaii, I'm fourth generation Japanese-American, which means I don't speak Japanese. And uh, I'm very lucky to have been born in America, you know, because when I look at my friends in Japan, my friends in Japan, I said, thank God I wasn't born here. (laughs) And uh, so, and uh, I'm the Vietnam era guy and I went to a military school. I got appointments to Naval Academy and Merch Marine Academy. All right. I I took Merch Marine Academy because Merch Marine Academy in New York one of the five federals. Um, mm-hmm. 
starting pay for a Navy ensign back in 1965 was $200 a month. And starting pay for a Kings Point graduate was about 3000 a month. So I'm always good at that. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, $2,400 a year versus 36. And when I graduated, my classmates, because of the Vietnam War, were making about 120 k a year. And this is a 1905. Wow. Oh, my so goodness. So 120K a year isn't that much money today. But 1965, I walked yeah. on water with that much money, you know? Right. <laughs> Believe that. That's, that's why I took Merch Marine Academy over Naval Academy, which was one of the smartest things I did. Yet, <laughs> when I graduated from Kings Point, I got a college degree, a Bachelor of Science I got a commission, and I got a license to sail on the U.S. Merch Marine. And that's why when we sailed, if we sailed into the war zone, we got double, triple pay, no tax. So that's why our pay, some of my classmates were making 120 k a year in 1969, while you guys in the Navy were making 2,400. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no. But proving that I'm not the smart the Vietnam War was still on. I was making all this money sailing for Standard Oil. And my conscience got to me. You know, I'm supposed to serve my country. So my kid brother got drafted. And it was really a horrible time back then. Mm. People would spit on you, yell at you. So I, I joined the Marine Corps, proving I'm not that bright. And I uh, went to flight school in Pensacola, Florida. And from there, I transitioned I was in the what was called the A1 program, which is a single-engine prop fighter. Oh, wow. And they canceled it on me. Oh. So they said, well, you can fly C-130s or you can fly helicopter gunships. And I said, which is the fastest way to Vietnam? It was a helicopter gunship. I bet. And I said, why, are the, why helicopter gunships? He says, because they have the shortest life expectancy. Our life expectancy was like 32 days. Oh, wow. Left and right. Yeah, it was a horrible mission. That's rough. And so that's why I, being, again, not the brightest guy in my class, I said, well, I'll take the helicopter gunship. <laughs> <laughs> and they shipped me out to uh, Camp Pendleton. And from Camp Pendleton, a year later, I was in Vietnam flying off an aircraft carrier. And it turned out to be one of the smartest and best decisions I ever made in my life. Wow. Um, wow. I, I actually love combat. I didn't come back with PTSD. I came back high as a kite. <laughs> I don't do trucks. <laughs> I loved combat. It was fun. You know, it's horrible. Cry a lot. Get sick a lot. Classmates won't come back. Nothing's worse than standing on the on the carrier and your your friend's aircraft does not return. You know, that's yeah. it's an empty feeling. You can't do anything about it. Just empty. They don't. Show, they don't come back. So that's why it was a great experience. I have tremendous respect for anybody who serves our country. But the worst part was coming home to um, the states and getting spit on and yelled at, and all that stuff we had to go through coming back. So, right. Uh, all in all, it was great character development. So I, I commend you guys for being in the service because you know what it's like. It's, it's really a great character building event. It is. Yeah. I'm sure it sets you up very well for, for later on 
in uh, in your careers and uh, doing so well the way you are now. So, um, which kind of brings us uh, to I think the next question there was like, how did how did you get started in real estate? How did that? Uh, um, so you went through Vietnam, you did all of that, and then eventually you got into real estate. So can you tell us a little bit about how that transition happened? Well, I came back in '72 back to the states, uh, and uh, I asked my rich dad, my poor dad, to go back to school get my MBA, mm-hmm. which I did. And my rich dad says, well, that won't make you rich. <laughs> and he says, do real estate. And I said, why real estate? He says, well, two reasons. Number one is you'll, ne- you'll never need money again for the rest of your life if you do real estate because it's about debt. So I buy all my property with debt. And, it's, and the more debt you use, you don't pay any taxes. So it's about debt and taxes. It's mm-hmm. not Plus, I get passive income. So today, my wife and I own about 6,900 rental units, plus commercial, wow. plus hotels, plus golf courses. Nice. And I never, have to, I never have to work for, you know, my, my wife and I plan on passing that money on for generations. Absolutely. So it was about freedom, which is what I fought for. Unfortunately, when I went to the MBA program, it was a complete waste of time. You know, I... I, I mm. I got into a fight, as Marines do. I mean, imagine being a Marine <laughs> into the University of Hawaii with a Marine uniform on, and these kids are spitting at you and yelling at you and sitting in this classroom, yeah. and this draft-dodging instructor is in front of me, and he's teaching me accounting, and I asked him a question. I said, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever been an accountant? And he says, yes, I have an accounting degree. I have a master's in accounting. So I said, that wasn't my question. I said, the question is, still a Marine, you know. Right. <laughs> have you ever been an accountant? I have a master's in accountancy. So that wasn't my question. And, and so for some reason, I got an F. He wasn't that I wonder why, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have an attitude problem. I don't, like, I don't like listening to fake teachers. This guy mm-hmm. wasn't an accountant. He taught accountancy. Yeah. And like me going to flight school learning from a school teacher how to fly in combat yeah you gotta have a real teacher exactly and the best thing i loved about camp pendleton was as as i got better as a pilot you know as i went through pensacola and all this my last six months my teachers had just come back from vietnam and because of those guys i'm alive today because they say Mm -hmm. what they taught you at pensacola is bullshit you know this is what really goes on in combat Holy mackerel. Yeah. As happens from most of these MBA pukes who come out, they learn from theory. They don't learn from real entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's a different type of accountancy from entrepreneurs to textbook accounting because all, of, all there is to capitalism is you make a lot of money and you don't want to pay any taxes and you want to use mm-hmm. debt. That's the game. That's the and game. I teach in my MBA program, this guy had no idea what I was talking about. And he was teaching me accountancy. <laughs> Terrible. Well, I got thrown out of his class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, oh, and here yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, yes, they typically do. But hey, you know what? I mean, submarines rise at the top, and you're definitely one of them. So that's that's impressive. And actually, perfect segue too to the next question, as you mentioned about taxes, right, and how to avoid them by leveraging debt. So can you talk to us more about your cash flow quadrant? I mean, I know that the, uh, the concept there has been displayed many times, but we'd love to hear it from the man who invented the concept. 
Yeah, it was really my, my rich dad. You know, the, the picture back here, that's my poor dad. He was a PhD from Stanford, University of Chicago, Northwestern. He was, he was a candidate for lieutenant governor for the state of Hawaii. Oh, wow. But uh, when I was a kid, I asked, I asked him the same question I asked people. What does school teach you about money? The answer is nothing. Nothing. So I asked my dad. He was a great teacher. And that poor dad. He says, you've got to find a new teacher. So when I was nine years old, I went searching for a new teacher. It was my rich dad. <laughs> and so the thing is not so much real estate. is how do you make a lot of money and pay no taxes? How do you use debt to make a lot of money and pay no taxes? That's really the game of capitalism. How do you use other people, other people's time, and other people's money to get rich? Mm-hmm. So the question is on the cash flow quadrant, on the left side of the quadrant is E, stands for employee, and below it is S, stands for small business, self-employed, or specialist, like a doctor or a lawyer. They work for money. On the right side of the quadrant is big business, a B quadrant, 500 employees or more, and I, which stands for investor, but not, not a stocks and bond passive investor. I'm talking about a professional investor. It's also called an in, I stands for insider. So when you look at a real I quadrant investor, that's who the guys you see on Shark Tank. That's Mark II, mm-hmm. those guys. Is they're entrepreneurs, but they now, they're, they're pro, they, what they ma- manage is their money to buy other people's companies. So when I was coming back from Vietnam, my poor dad wanted to become an employee or my mom wanted to become a doctor. I mean, imagine that, you know. Mom, S stands for smart, and I'm stupid. I'm a mom. She goes, <laughs> and on the B and the I side is the capitalist side. And so on the B and I side, you, you have to know about debt. You have to know about taxes, and you have to know how to lead people. So the military teaches us the basics of how to lead people, how to work with people, how to get people to, you know, give their lives for their country. Unfortunately, you can't do that in today's world. But it's still the military was a military academy, great training. The trouble is, uh, as a Marine and academy graduate, I came out a little too hard. And it's, it's cost me a lot of money because I just can't put up with bullshit. <laughs> I don't know about you, when some little schmo is bullshitting me, I want to nail him. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think think we all do in some way, shape, or form. But I think it also, it kind of also qualifies the people you work with, though, too, you know, because, I mean, everyone wants to learn how to make money. Not everyone is willing to work for it, right? And in the right way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have the guts. Exactly. They don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, like the Marine Corps say, looking for a few good men or women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it's only a few because 95% of the people can't do it. They mm-hmm. don't have the guts. So all of you in the military know this. That basic training you go through, the bullshit you put up with is priceless. Mm-hmm. You know, it prepares you for the bullshit you'll put up in the real world. <laughs> and if you can do that, you have a chance. But if you're, you know, a wimp, not going to make it. Not going to make it. <laughs> Go work for the post office and 
like the retirement. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really the difference in people. So ESB and the I, the quadrant, they're four different people, four different mindsets, and four different types of strength. So on the B and the I side, you've really got to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a good leader, but I'm always getting to becoming a better leader. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing that the military teaches you is how to lead and work with other people, get the job done. Mission-driven. Mission-driven. Amen. That's, that's great. Uh, honestly, great wisdom. So that's, that's awesome. And I really think a lot of people are going to benefit from you know, everything you just said. Um, and that drives home a lot of things, I mean, even in my own mind. Um, do you mind talking about some of the challenges you experienced when you started getting into real estate investing? Well, the first thing people say, I don't have money. Well, mm. who does? I mean, unless daddy gave you the money. Right. But the thing I love about the academy and the Marine Corps is that you look at life as a challenge. So if you don't have money, well, that's an opportunity because you're going to get smarter, you're going to get stronger, you're going to get tougher. But I meet lots of these, you know, these people who should be dancing in some bar or something. You know, know, if you let not having money stop you, I mean, you're not going to make it anyway. And it's the number one question. How do I get the money? (laughs) Well, you go do something for it. Right. You know, you go do something for it. So that's, again, that's where it's, that's the hardest thing is how do you get the money? And if you can't raise capital, get a job. You know, all I do... Every day, like I leave here, I fly to Las Vegas. I'm going to raise more capital. I got to make more money, not for me, but to, you know, to keep the operations running. Right. And the average person coming out of the MBA program, they don't know how to make money. You know, they've got you've got to know how to make money. You got to know how to raise capital. You got to you got to know how to take a dollar and make twenty dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, those are basic skills on the B and the I side. You know, the trouble with most of these liberals and Democrats, and I'm not Republican or Democrat, by the way. I'm, I have no problem if you're a liberal or EBGYT, whatever you guys are. <laughs> but you better know how to make money with money. Mm-hmm. All these idiots to do is they take my tax dollars and they spend it. And they create more debt. <laughs> I don't want you to have my money. <laughs> I want to keep my money. That's why I don't give it to you. Mm-hmm. Pay taxes because most of these guys are idiots. They they take our money and they make debt out of it. You know, that's very you know, fair. And it's not it's not the right debt. It's not good debt. It's the very bad debt. <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to kill this country. Yeah. Killing us. You know, Anne Rand wrote this book, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Oh yeah, mandatory reading. It's how the socialists and the bureaucrats and the communists took over the government. This is back in the 30s, she wrote that book. And the capitalists went into hiding, guys like John Galt. So right now, I'm in hiding. You won't find my money. You won't find me. I don't want those bloody socialists and communists and fascists to take my money. (laughs) It's kind of my, you know, my mindset, should I say. (laughs) Right, right. That's, that's that's good to go. <laughs> and John Galt built his team up. He brought his team of other capitalists uh, with him and, and formed his own little team of stuff, which is an important part of 
all of what we do is still building the team. So, I mean, we got to, we got to focus on that part too. So. Yeah. Um, and the best thing about guys in the military is you went through the worst part already. It's called mm-hmm. basic. You know, that yeah. we help the men for the boys or the girls and the, you know, what's. So <laughs> most people don't have the guts to get through it. That's the problem. That's very, very true. Very true. Um, do you mind giving us some insight about uh, what it takes to build a real estate team, an effective team, right? And and maybe some of the principles that you've learned over the over over your time investing. Well, the the word is a team, but you you know the, the team that most people don't have is a professional team. Mm-hmm. So the number one person, if you're going to do any kind of, you're going to be an entrepreneur on the B and the I side of the quadrant, you've got to have a bookkeeper. The reason a bookkeeper is important, they're the lowest price professional. You know, I think I was paying my bookkeeper like $300 a month. That was all. But without the bookkeeper, my records were not good. I'm really sloppy. I'm not very neat and tidy. So I had to have accurate records. Same. <laughs> so the most important thing is you've got to have your monthly bookkeeping records. And, when, and a professional bookkeeper should do it so it's set up properly. When you have that, your accountant can take it. Then your attorney can take it. Accountant, attorney, bookkeeper, banker. That's your core team there because the banker has the money. Correct. Yep. Bookkeeper, but without the bookkeeper, you don't have a good accountant, you don't have a good attorney, and then the banker won't talk to you. Mm-hmm. When somebody says, I, don't, I can't raise money because you don't have a team. You know, you have a, you have a fellow. You know, if I had fellow Marines, I'd be broke because <laughs> they're not the brightest guys <laughs> You know, that's the, they're good in combat, but not in business. Right. So I had to have a very tough bookkeeper who kept me at bay, very tough accountant, very tough attorneys, very good bankers. It's a team sport, man. You know, and if you have that team, you can do what you like. But you have to do your part, too. You have to be able to take your banker's money and pay it back, which most people don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why... I took my. I take real estate courses constantly. I take investment courses constantly. I take seminars constantly. I'm constantly studying. I don't ever stop. That education is a requirement. It's like a need uh, to stay educated. So. Well, that's like you know, in the military, you guys are always going through training, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Always. The same as when I was a pilot. You know, we flew. Every time we flew, we had emergencies. Emergencies. Mm-hmm. Right? We practice the emergencies constantly. And I, I crashed two or three times every flight just because when I did crash, I crashed three times in Vietnam. When the real thing happened, I'm alive today. Mm-hmm. The person doesn't know what it's like to go down with an aircraft. That's why they die. Mm-hmm. So I, I was very grateful. I had great instructors who's, who taught me how to auto-rotate even though I had no aircraft left mm-hmm. because of that. My crew came back alive, and that was my most primary job. Most important job was bring my crew back. And all my crew went over together, and we came back together. Went down three times together. And that's the difference. That's training. So when mm-hmm. somebody says, yeah, I want to have a college degree, but it's not going to teach you how to fly a helicopter without an engine or your tail shot off. You know, your college degree ain't going to help you there, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. No. You know, so it's kind of a Marine Corps attitude. That's why in the military we train constantly. If you don't want to train constantly as a real estate investor, you shouldn't be a real estate investor because you're going to get your ass kicked. 
Very true. And it's constantly changing. Like everything in real estate is constantly changing. Like the tax, the taxes that just changed, that's changing. So we have to get ourselves trained up on that. We have to get ourselves trained on the areas we want to invest in. So, And every day you run into new problems, you know, every mm-hmm. single day. It's not such like, oh, I, I bought this and I'm set for life. Never happens, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. And that's one of the reasons why we love talking about the challenges that, you know, most investors face. We always ask that question because life will throw you curveballs, but you got to be ready for it. Right. So a good question is you got to have a bookkeeper. You have to have accurate records because, mm. you know, people say, well, my husband does my books or my wife does my books. That's not professional. That's mom and pop. You know, if you're going into, you know, when I was going to Vietnam, I was a professional. You know, you want to fly on Sundays with your friends and all that. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like I say, did you ever fly after Vietnam? I said, no. There was nobody to shoot at. Why would I fly? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> every Marine, every guy wants an unfair advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I tell you. Flying around your Cessna with a 50 cal hanging out the side. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it was better than life. It was exciting. Yeah. But, that must but have I, was been flying, so cool. I was just flying around, boring holes in the sky. I mean, I got better things to do than just bore holes in the sky. Right. <laughs> yeah. That must I mean, have been so crazy. You know, and it's the same attitude I take to real estate. It's a game, man. Sometimes you win and sometimes get your ass handed to you. Facts. <laughs> can you get back up? That's the biggest part is can you get back up after you get that uh, handed to you? So. Well, you look at what happened with Alabama Auburn and the, you know, the uh, college. Mm-hmm. Alabama never knew how to lose. Mm-hmm. So Auburn just took it to them. And I could see it on the players' faces. They had won so long. You know, they winning. Alabama a great team, great coach, Saban. But they, they didn't know how to lose. Mm. That's a part of life is learning how to lose. Right. So that losing should make you stronger, not weaker. But for the average person who went to college, and mommy and daddy paid for it, or they had student loans, is not knowing how to lose makes you weaker. Mm-hmm. So the, the reason I say if you got through basic, you got a good start. You know, because. Somebody's going to kick your ass up there. I don't care how good you get. <laughs> Somebody's going to take your money. Somebody's going to lie, cheat, and steal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have a business partner that's a real whore, you know. Yeah. But if you don't know how to handle that, you can't handle it. Right. Very get true. Get and buy mutual funds. You know, that's not, that's not my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not why we're here. That's not why we're here. Not right? why we're here at all. <laughs> I love getting shot at. It was fun. It is fun. It, it's exhilarating, that's for sure. It'll get you, wake you up in the morning. So, yeah. I'll eat coffee in the morning. <laughs> but, uh, some days I've been, de- I've been depressed for years sometimes. And my ass handed to me so hard. You know, a business partner cheats you. Oh, my God. Mm. It's the most horrifying <clears throat> thing there is. Mm. So, I mean, it's even more so important that not only to make sure you have a team established, but to make sure you can trust your team too, I guess, right? Because, yeah. And that's my lesson. You know, people got tired of me talking about the Marine Corps, but I said, look, we were a team. And I don't think none of you pussies know what a team is. Mm-hmm. 
have an MBA. So you don't, you know, you guys don't know what a team is. Mm. You know, when I climbed on an aircraft, you know, there was different jobs. So was two pilots, gunners, crew chiefs, mechanics, guys like that. But first of all, we're all Marines. Mm-hmm. And we were willing to give our lives to the other guy. I knew my guys would give my life, their life for me and I'd give their life for them. I never found that in business. I never found And that kind of puts me on edge, you know, when I'm dealing with civilians. Because mm-hmm. I don't know where their breaking point is. Good point. That makes sense. Yeah, that's understandable. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Really good. Hard point. to hard to get that pressure. You know? Yeah. So. So, so that's why losing is really good, is because you find out who your team members are. Wow. So I, I've been in business with people like forty years, and we've got our asses kicked. Mm-hmm. We coming back at them. You got up together as a team, and you keep on going. Yeah. So, yeah. We don't get weaker. Yeah. A lot of people get their ass kicked, and they call their attorney and sue the guy. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> have a good lawyer on your team too, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the team members, yeah. But right. uh, I know your time is uh, your time is valuable. I want to get these last. There's uh, three questions we try to ask everybody here at the end. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, one of them, what is what is your personal favorite book? I have lots of them. I mean, um, no. I I study a lot of spiritual books. Because, as you know, military is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right. In combat, you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, not religious, you know, like there's no atheists in a, in a, in a foxhole. So <laughs> when, I'm in, when I'm in business, you know, I don't want to screw anybody, but I also don't want to get screwed. But if somebody screws, we screw back. And that's spiritual. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, the, the one book I'm re- I, I just read, the whole, my whole company has to read it. Everybody on my team reads it. It's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, Great Power book. of Now. Mm-hmm. And everybody reads the book, and we study it, we discuss it, because I want my team tight. You know, we okay. study the same things, we get tighter. It's like you see mm-hmm. the same movie, you're tighter. You watch different movies, you get looser. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. study together. That's that's one of the main books. A book I wrote recently with my team is called More Important Than Money. It's by me, but it's bought my team. It's bought my accountants, my attorneys, and stuff like that, and how we operate as a team. So the guys in military is called More Important Than Money. It's by Robert Kiyosaki, but it's about my team. only person not in there is my bookkeeper, but I just didn't mention it. But when you come out, it's, to me, it's, it's like a, I played rugby. That was my sport. In rugby, when you pass the ball, you pass it backwards. You don't mm-hmm. look. Just pass the ball backwards. And some son of a bitch had better be there. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. Where yeah. in football, you pass the ball forward, and you got some guy going down the field. But in rugby, most of the times, as soon as you get hit, you pass the ball, and somebody got to be there. That's a team. So that's why I love rugby. And as if I could... It's not so much about money. It's about your team. You have a great team. Mm-hmm. You'll be very rich. Bad awesome. team. Very poor. That's, that's well, there's definitely two more books added to my list to read now because I've not, uh, I've not read either one of those yet. So right. Right. next question. All right. Uh, so next question, who is your biggest hero and why? 
Well, one of my greatest teachers was a guy named Buckminster Fuller, inventor of the geodesic dome and all that. And, uh, you know, people say, I'm doing what I love. And that's what I was doing when I met him. This is in the 70s. And I was in rock and roll. I worked for Duran Duran, Boy George, Van Halen, the police. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. I loved it. <laughs> I was a wacky kid. I drove a white Mercedes convertible. I was dating some very interesting women. You know, it was fun. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I was doing what I loved. And then Fuller kind of asked me, he said, he says, what does God want done? It's not what you want to do. What does God want done? Amen. And I had to ask myself that question because rock and roll was really fun, but I wasn't doing much good with it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that what we lacked in the world was financial education. And so that's when my, at exactly the same time I met my wife, Kim, and I said, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing what I love. I think I have to do what must be done. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I, it's called mission. What's your mission in life? Wow. And so, you know, it's like Martin Luther King. He says, I want to do God's will. And so when I talk to military guys, I get it. What is God's will? Not what you want to do. So sometimes when you're doing God's will, you have to do the things you don't want to do. Wow. That's so, really um, profound. That's deep, yeah. That's really deep. Like that internal what call to serve. Yeah. What, I, what I knew was how to make money. So I started teaching. And, awesome. that, and we all appreciate it. That's for sure. So it's it a, a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it did. But... It's not as much fun as rock and roll and women. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I can believe that. Yep, I got you. <laughs> yeah, my wife hasn't fooled around since. It's just <laughs> Amen. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. All right. And then the last question, really, because um, we know this is going to impact a lot of people. If you were to give yourself, the young Marine back then, advice, right? What would you give it? And what were maybe three nuggets that you would give to those who are in that position? Well, I made a lot of money as a young Marine. I made more, you know, I think our, our pay, you know, I said, uh, King's Point, when I left King's Point, I was making about four four grand a month. Mm. And I joined the Marine Corps making 200 a month. So that kind of inspired me, so I started making more money. So what I say to most military guys is, you know, your pay has nothing to do with how much you make. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best lessons my rich dad taught me. So uh, I was on China Beach, you know, in Vietnam, and I'd, I'd pick up shrapnel, you know, just expend, ripped apart ordnance, just rusted little pieces. And my, my staff sergeant and me, we would fly to other ships. It was a flotilla of seven ships, and we'd fly to other ships at sea. And we'd sell shrapnel to <laughs> What? <laughs> Always the entrepreneur, I see. He started off that all the time. awesome. <laughs> we sell little pieces of rust. You want to buy some shrapnel? <laughs> make so much money. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Outstanding. There was like thousands. I think it was like that seven thousand. Incredible guys, and I just couldn't get enough shrapnel. 
That's funny. And we didn't pay tax on it. <laughs> so I always say the guys in the military, there's an opportunity all around you and all this. And use your time wisely. You know, use mm-hmm. your most precious thing to guys your time. So don't join with the, you know, the, there's a lot of guys in the military that sat around and bitch and moan and complain. It's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Hang out with the guys that are doing it positive and all this. My roommate is, you know, I was, you know, we we're both lieutenants and he, he came out three-star general and today's a congressman. But he's a guy I spent the time with. I didn't spend the time with the losers, the other pilots, you know, who complained about the war. Mm-hmm. So we're out here, we've got a job to do, let's just do it. Let's have fun. Let's work hard. But you can always make money in it. So mm-hmm. I sold a lot of shrapnel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> and I love that. That's his name was Staff Sergeant Jackson. I love that guy, man. He was a real cracker. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was the sharpest guy going. I love that guy. Fantastic. It was, such a, it was a band of brothers. You guys, and I think that's what I can say to you guys. It's a band of brothers, but choose your brothers wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, very true. If they're not listening to this program, buy another friend, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> very true. Yes, true. Wow. Robert, so much awesome, awesome wisdom. I, I'm just, and this has been so much fun. I really, really appreciate that. You know, you taking the time and uh, even speaking to the guys out there. I mean, again, you know, Marine, and uh, I know a lot of people are going to take this on board. Um, so excited to have shared this moment with you. This is great. Thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks for doing what you're doing. It's the most important thing, what you're doing, not what you're saying. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Awesome. It's absolutely our pleasure. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on that. So. Yeah. Thank you, my honor. Thank you. All right. Semper Take five. it care. <laughs> Semper Fly. Wow. What a legend. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. And I know you got so much value out of it because I definitely did. Now, you guys need to hit subscribe because we are not stopping here. We're bringing so many legends on. We're getting the rest of the Rich Dad team. We're getting David Goggins. We're getting Barbara Corcoran. We're getting Donald Trump. Why not, right? Let's bring out all the real estate legends. Why? Because we want to motivate you to take action and build your financial freedom. Make sure you get in touch with us. www.activedutypassiveincome.com. Check out our academy. Check out our forum, the Start the Spark Club, and get in touch with the rest of the community. Why not, right? If asking one question is going to change the course of your life, what is holding you back? (laughs) All right? Listen, I'm out of time. Thank you so much for all you guys do out there and for listening. Later. Later.